In this episode, I share about what the Lord gave me to talk about on the 22nd of March 2021 for a group on Zoom. These are revelations and truths that have been with me for some years, but I really feel the Lord is highlighting them in this season for the body. And the way he spoke to me, uh, you know, well, the way he started to speak to me um, recently was I bought a pair of very focals. And when you look through a pair of very focals, I realised that if I looked to the left or the right, it was blurred. Uh, it was only clear. I could only see clearly when I looked straight ahead. And I felt the Lord say, yes, when you turn your head to the left or the right, your vision becomes clear. So keep your eyes stayed on me. And sorry, when you turn your head to the left or the right, your vision becomes blurred. So you need to keep your eyes stayed on me to have clear vision. Um, so in the world at the moment, we have so many things vying for our attention. We have these monsters of distraction jumping into our natural eye line and a lot of things trying to incite fear including the media boosting fear on us by constantly bombarding us with bad news. And it is a part of the enemy's plan to try and get us looking through blurred vision. To take our focus off the Lord, the enemy wants us to be hooked into fear. The world seems really unstable. For those of us that see, we can see the plans of the enemy. And... It's good that we have discernment to know what's going on. But we must be careful not to let the enemy's plan become our main focus. We need to fix our spiritual eye line on Jesus. When we look to him, when we look at the cross, we remain in peace. Those whose eyes are stayed on him remain in perfect peace. And our vision remains clear. In Colossians 3 verse 2, it says, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on the things that are on earth, which only have temporal value. That's the amplified version. So instead of seeing from a place of being underneath the circumstances, which is what we do when we make the enemy's plan our main focus, we need to be looking down on what he is doing from a great height, like the eagle looks down on its prey. When we are looking from a great height, we are looking from a place of being in the heavenly realms because we come into the revelation of the position of being seated with Christ in heavenly places. Imagine this, we can be talking to another Christian here on earth and at the same time we are also talking to that person in heaven. That revelation never ceases to amaze me and it's funny how it's so easy to forget at times. So we need to see what is going on in the heavenly realms? What is happening 
in heaven during the difficult situations and circumstances in our lives and in this earth. When we see that, we can see the bigger picture. So when we think about what is happening in heaven right now, it's like one big party. God is on his throne and in Psalm 2 verse 4 it says he is laughing at the enemy. And in the inner court of the heavenly realm where the Lord is seated on his throne, the heavenly hosts are worshipping him. The angels, the cherubim, sometimes called seraphim, which are either side of the throne where we are also seated. They never leave his side. They live in the glory. Psalm 99 verse 1 NIV says, The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. So what is going on in heaven right now? It's amazing. The angels are crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. They are crying this out day and night. And these magnificent creatures are not at all like the baby little cherubim we see depicted in uh, in this earthly realm. No, they're huge, gigantic angels, protection angels and guardian angels, and they only dwell in the glory, the heavy, weighty kabod of God. So they are crying out and there is a great atmosphere of praise and worship. And we are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father, in the glory, in this atmosphere of praise. And when we enter into that revelation, we enter into the enormity of what is actually going on around us. What is really going on in the spiritual realm, which is more truthful than what we see in the earthly realm. We are seated next to these huge cherubim angels and when we get into the place of high praises we can tune into their voices crying out holy 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 wow how amazing is that on another podcast i hope to talk about high praises and how we get into that Um, so anyway as we are abiding in him He is abiding in us. The kingdom is within us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we need to keep our eyes fixed in front on Jesus. Not turning to the left or the right, otherwise our focus will become blurred. And there's that song, isn't there, that says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face And the things on earth 
goes strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Then the Lord um, reminded me of Numbers chapter 13 and uh, how Moses sent out men to scout out the land. This is a strategy the army still uses today. They go and explore the land, the area, and they look to see if there are any weak spots to see what the enemy look like, how they operate, what strengths they have, um, and also to see the lie of the land. (coughs) Excuse me. So they went to spy out the land as Moses requested and they came back with a report that indeed the land was filled with milk and honey and the people were strong. So it's good to be able to see the strategies of the enemy, to know your enemy and how they operate. But also there needs to be a balance of faith so that we know our God is bigger and better than what the enemy is doing. Caleb had great faith because he was all for going in and taking the land. You can imagine him saying, come on guys, let's go, we can take them on, God is on our side. But the others had fear. They didn't want to go because their focus was not stayed on God. Instead, they were looking at the mountains and the obstacles. They were staring at the enemy rather than looking past the enemy at the Lord. They spread rumours, they grumbled and reported that they couldn't do it as they were giants in the land. Sorry, there were giants in the land. And compared to them, they were only grasshoppers. They started to instill fear into people. And when that kind of fear comes, it can stop people moving forward. So they gave in to their fears. Now the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love and a sound mind. In Numbers 14.38, we see that Joshua and Caleb were the only ones full of faith. Uh, Yeah, so we see they were the only ones full of faith, but they were also the only ones that survived. The rest of them died. When we look at what the enemy is doing to such an extent, we don't see what God is doing or what God wants us to do, and or what God wants to do. When our focus is out of balance, it can cause fear to dominate. And I believe that a spirit of fear can cause death and even a literal death, as well as cause the death of one's destiny. If we fear stepping out in what the Lord is telling us to do, um, then we won't go and uh, it can thwart um, the, the, the destiny or the prophecy that God's given us on our life. Um, some prophecies are conditional. It's not Kesara, Sara, whatever will be, will be. That's Hinduism. Sometimes, you know, it says um, the violent take it by force. And sometimes we do need to take our destiny and the prophecies that have been spoken over us by force, by actually stepping out and heading towards that and doing it, not sitting waiting on the Lord to do something. Um, 
Okay, so... Yeah, so the Lord doesn't have fear and he is perfect love. And it says that perfect love casts out fear. So when we are abiding in him, we are abiding in perfect love where no fear can dwell. So we can see what the enemy's vision is. He wants to kill, to steal and destroy. But what is God's vision? We need to be looking at what the Lord's vision is, not what the enemy's vision is. What is the Lord saying he wants for this earth and everything in it? Well, if we look at chapter 14, verse 20, it says that all the earth shall be filled with his glory. So this is the vision that we need to be running towards, the vision that we need to keep in focus, that the whole earth shall be filled with his glory, even if that looks otherwise in the natural. God is bigger and more powerful and it is his vision that shall come to pass. This is what the whole earth is groaning for. When we are practising his presence and seeing where we're seated in the heavenly realms, keeping our eyes stayed on him, not turning to the left or the right, then we start aligning our focus with the Lord's vision and we start aligning our vision with his vision and we start to see what the earth will look like filled with his glory. In Numbers 13, verse 23 and 24, we see that the Lord says, because of the people who saw his miraculous signs and glory yet were still disobedient, they did not see the land he had promised their forefathers. But because Caleb was of a different spirit and followed the Lord wholeheartedly, he did not give in to fear that man was perpetrating. His goal was God's vision. The other men's vision had become blurred because they were out of focus. In verse 24, it says that because Caleb had a right spirit and was full on for following God, that the Lord would bring him into the land that he went to and his descendants will inherit it. So we are to have a right spirit like Caleb, not turn to the left or the right and you know, now, because we have Christ in us, when we abide in him, we do not have to give in to fear. We can have a right spirit like Caleb. And in the spiritual realm, when we are abiding in him, we are already in the land flowing with milk and honey. It's just a case of taking action to possess that land. Because we can be given a gift but if we do not take a hold of it, we do not possess it. To possess the land, we focus on the Lord and how and what he has done to get that victory in the land. The focus, the practicing his presence and the intimacy is a bridge building weapon that we exercise when taking the victory of the land. Be that the land of our mind, our soul, our emotions, our body, etc. We start to possess those areas and we drive out the little foxes by remaining in him. Remaining in the spirit with our eyes 
gazing upon him. Remember the Lord asked the Israelites to drive out the little foxes from the land, the Canaanites, and because they didn't obey and let them stay, the land became tainted and they didn't fully possess the land. In the same way, the people with Caleb didn't possess the land because they were unwilling and disobedient and gave in to fear. The land is in us because we have Jesus in us. So the kingdom is within us and we need to allow his kingdom to flow, flow out of us. His rivers of living water his glory is on the inside of us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Let us let his glory flow out of every area of us, through our bodies and into our surroundings. When we do that, we start to possess the land. We start to drive out any little foxes. And when we are letting the glory out... We are helping to fulfil God's vision for the whole earth to be covered with his glory. So we need to have that right spirit and focus on the Lord. When we do this, any dross that needs to be got rid of will rise to the top and the Lord will burn it up. So we don't need to go looking for the dross. Yes, maybe we can see some of it. Maybe we see the dross in the world, but we keep our eyes on him. As we do that, we become living, breathing warriors of Christ in a place filled with his glory. And his glory can flow through us and penetrate the atmosphere. And it will happen that his glory will cover the earth. But we do need to keep our eyes fixed on him. In him, we can do all things. So, to summarise... It's not negating the fact of what the enemy is doing. We can see what he's up to, but it's to keep our eyes focused on the Lord and what God is saying and what he is doing and looking from a place of being in heaven. We need to take full possession of the land that he has already won the victory for, the land that is flowing with the milk and honey. It might not be a land that we see in the natural, but it is a land in the spiritual so we can have things going on around us in this natural world, bad circumstances, etc. But if we are in him, dwelling in him, abiding in him, then yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we have his rod and his staff and they comfort us. And yea, though our enemies surround us, he prepares a table for us in the midst of them. A beautiful banqueting table and there are plates of peace for us to eat from and cups of joy for us to drink from. We can feast on his table of delights while the world is going crazy. We can be the calm in the centre of the storm. In the centre of the tornado there is a, uh, a, a small area where there is pure calm and that's like his peace that transcends all understanding when we're abiding in him, focused on him and what heaven is doing and walking by the spirit. In Chronicles 16, 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing 
and from now you will be at war. If our hearts are not fully committed to him, we will be at war. Our flesh will be warring with our spirit. But if our heart is fully committed, if our eyes are in on him, we will be strengthened and he will give us power. Let's position our eyes and our hearts on him and stay focused. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this and you feel that it might encourage somebody else, do share it and do um, sign up or register to receive the next podcast. Um, Also, I will be writing little booklets to go along with these podcasts. Okay, thanks for listening. Oops, bye for now.